Welcome to Awards Radar, the podcast, a weekly discussion of the awards races, Hollywood news, and the films you should have on your radar. Here's your host, Joey Magidson. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Awards Radar Spooktacular podcast. Ah, ah, ah. Apparently, I'm the Count from Sesame Street. Or, but... or Count Chocula. Mm, I love that guy. <laughs> Though Monster Mash Serial was terrible. Yeah. The, like, reboot. It's just Barry cereal. There's no, like, actual Count Chocula. You... See, this is what I'm going to be mad about. Steve's going to be mad about Halloween later. I'm mad about Monster Mash cereal, which probably tells you why I'm diabetic. In any case, uh, Joey here. And we are, in fact, doing our Halloween spooktacular, even though a portion of this is going to talk about blockbuster films. But, you know, you're here for the nonsense. Uh, joining for the nonsense, as always, we have Miles. Hello, everybody. Which monster is this? I don't know. Dealer's choice. Sounds like the Jewish elephant man. The Phantom of the Podcast. There you go. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's it sounds like a bad impression that we don't let Ryan do mixed with the elephant man. So <laughs> I think I was going for like a Frankenstein, but it did end up landing pretty elephant man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like for a second, I was like, Are you are you doing like eraser head? I hope you not. know you I would movie. never intentionally do eraser head. That's true. Uh Ryan is here, and, and Ryan, please don't do the impression that we know you can I'm do. Not, I'm just going to normally speak and say hello, everyone, because I don't know what the hell that was. I mean, Ooh, that was really good, Ryan. Spooky. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, that was, that was bone-chilling. I think you're just a horrific person to begin with. Oh, well, um, you know. Yeah, yeah, this is true. That's true. Uh, Steve is always a zombie, so the zombie Steve? Yes, master. There you oh go. God. That's all I've got. Oh. You know, I actually think that's how he should talk all the time, especially the master part. When I'm not and on the podcast, that's how I do talk. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you should see our slacks. Uh, we have a special guest. We have the one and only Terrence Johnson. You don't have to do the nonsense, Terrence. Oh, I, I'm terrible at impressions. I definitely wasn't going to do one. Um, but that first one was giving me Yogi Bear attempting a scary... <laughs> accent it was Hello, boo boo yeah. i want to suck your blood it was very yeah it was very yogi bear but make it vampire <laughs> yeah i want to suck your picnic basket uh, everyone should know terrence from our time at award circuit also very successful on his own yeah. out in uh, la actually was in new york this week so came with uh was at eternals as well as uh i was myself. steve was there last week so what's actually jump into eternals i have some questions we'll do in a minute but let's do Eternals since that's the thing we were talking about off air and it is definitely a movie um also worth noting that as we were also talking about off air a, a fair amount of people as always like to comment on things before they've seen them mm-hmm. so uh ignore that stuff because whether they're right or wrong or you agree with them or not like watch the movie and decide um but this is a uh I would call it a flawed but ambitious movie. Like, the things it does wrong are the easy things for a Marvel movie, usually. But they're wrong because, or or I guess they're poorly done because Chloe Zhao is trying to do something very different. And I don't know that she fully succeeds. Some of it very much succeeds. But it's also oddly kind of, and this is not shade to DC, but it's more of a DC movie. The whole, like, gods among men as opposed to like ordinary people in extraordinary situations type thing so it just feels a little bit different but 
Uh, quickly, the good. Beautiful to look at. Really, really nice to look at, even though it's not... It's still the Marvel DP, but you can tell she made it. Um, even though I don't think it's well-paced, I think the unhurried tone of a Chloe Zhao movie could work here. And there are moments where it's very good, where, like, you're in a scene that you know traditionally would be in and out in, like, two minutes. You get to linger, and you get to you get to spend time with characters. Now, not all the characters are particularly good, but some are. Like, Kumail Nanjiani's, uh, um, is it Kilgo is his name? Kingo. 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 He's great. Fantastic. Wish there was more of him. Um, and certain certain things land very well. Uh, on the flip side, uh, the th- three most boring Eternals are the main characters. So that was a choice. Um, it's boring sometimes, which is stunning for a Marvel movie, which I've never, I've never found them boring, even the ones I don't like that much. And... Uh, for all the time she spends with things, you still don't get as much with the characters. The main issue I have is I think the script is kind of crummy. So, and the villains are terrible, but they, you know, that's Marvel. That, that was the thing. It, it sets up, it also, it does set up a better movie, I think. But also, you know, get your first movie right. So that's more of a mixed bag. So I think I'm more or less on par with terrence steve is not a fan so steve go first you can you can <laughs> i'm not a hater that's the thing it's it's just no, you were you were you I, know what it was you you sent me the message after it mm-hmm. and you were just like cold to it i think yes. you were just like i watched a movie like that's... do i regret my time watching it no but this was the one i was hoping would be the one this year that would get me yeah that, that's the thing it's, it's more of an indifference and and that goes throughout the entire film, from the opening, which I thought was pretty generic, to the character introductions that felt rushed, to the um, uh, the big bad that was... Yeah. Well, don't use big. Okay. <laughs> Let's say to the villain, I guess, uh, yeah. the, the antagonist, uh, who, uh, for a film with this, the stakes that this one had, it never felt like it earned the stakes. You never felt that throughout uh honestly what i think that my my stance on this is it should have been a tv series there's a lot to cover there's a ton of exposition it's like you sit down like let's sit down and talk about the eternals for five minutes and then a character talks about who they are and then it's back into telling you about what the eternals is uh it felt like a wikipedia page for uh for a film so but thing is it's not done poorly. It's just a lot of it's rushed. And if they took the time, and this was an abbreviated version of this, was the pilot for the Eternals uh, Disney Plus series, I think we'd be in for a treat. But as is, uh, it's kind of a mess. And it's only more disappointing because you do see what it could have been. And it never really gets there. So there you go without spoiling anything. Oh, yeah, it's, no, it's, always, it's, it's always worrying to hear that a three-hour movie is rushed. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what that's it is, though. Cool, Ten characters alone. Ten major characters, and you have to introduce them, and they all have unique qualities and unique kind of outlooks on the world and humanity and all that. But some of them only get a, a sentence or two to establish that, and then we're supposed to care. And I just didn't. I'm like, well, where's the other 20 minutes where we actually – see see something more than like the kind of the back of the book description of who this character is 
that's where I think those scenes are, or I would call it like two steps forward, one step back. Like the intro, the initial intros to where they are at this point in their life are almost always good. And then there'll also be, like you said, an interesting perspective they have. But then they'll also either then sideline a character for a while. Yes. Or just get into an uninteresting conversation. Cause, and then they'll they'll get later into more interesting conversations. Like they introduce the idea of like superhero beliefs and like the Eternals and Celestials and, and Deviants and all kind of as religion. And that's interesting. Mm-hmm. But then it's they don't really do enough with it. Like they, there's ideas. There's plenty of ideas here. But like without saying who and where, there's a character who basically says at one point the Eternals are kind of split about what to do. And they're, they're kind of like fracturing a bit. And one character says, well, I agree with party A, but I, I'm not going to stop party B. Basically taking the like, personally, I don't believe in this, but I don't want to stop it from happening. But then is just like, then doesn't participate in the next sequence, which is a big action scene. And that's hypothetically interesting in a smaller movie, like a, like a, a character is like, well, I don't want to be a part of this. But you are still making a superhero movie. Mm-hmm. And when you take one of the more interesting characters, one of the couple that you want to see more of, and you, you just excise them from 20 of the final 30 to 35 minutes, that's just not good filmmaking. And this is a great filmmaker. Yeah. So that's where I'm like, I, I, it's more, there's more good than bad. But that's an easy thing. Like, Alan Taylor in Thor The Dark World didn't sideline his more interesting characters. Like, and that's a movie nobody Look, likes. Let's not speak. <laughs> yeah, I think my... I think I like it the least among everybody. Um, oh, wow. It's just... It's thin. It's mm-hmm. a thin yeah, It's, it's movie. the thinnest 150-minute movie. Yeah, ever. it's very thin because... And I think you hit on something, Joey. It's like, there are a lot of really interesting ideas and concepts that would, like make you sit forward in your seat, right? You're like, oh, this is interesting. And then we sort of like move away from that or we don't acknowledge them and we move on to something else. And that Mm -hmm. was really the challenge for me is because I was like, oh, did I need another flashback to something that happened in history when like you could take some more time to talk about these ideas or trust that you have talented enough actors to convey, you know, 7,000 years, because these characters are 7,000 years old, 7,000 years worth of history. Like, there's great actors in this movie. Phenomenal mm-hmm. actors in this movie, you know? And so it was like, we don't need a flashback to explain to us why people are the way they are. We just know yeah. that the family has to get back together, you know, and that yeah. people are well, different now. Yeah, that's one of the big flaws is that we jump all over time, space and everything and character to character. And we rarely get time to sit in any one place. And some of the places we go, A, it was a little bit confusing because all of a sudden you're like, wait a second, we're 2000 years ago, we're 100 years ago, we're, you know, we're here, there and everywhere. And then you like, well, you don't get time to sit in one spot. And the, and the times you do when they, they're all in a room talking and they're, the, the time in, oh, I don't want to give anything away, but there's a time within one character's household in modern day, I'm like, that is when you really felt like, hey, this is what uh, Chloe Zhao wanted to do. And it seems as if almost she, that, that there was a, a hedging of the bets, of the bet, because it's not a Zhao movie. It's not a Marvel movie. It's kind of neither. And it never, if it chose to be one, 
I might, I think I'd rather have seen, I, I no, I would have rather have seen Chloe Zhao do a standard Marvel than do a disappointing uh, take on her own type of film. And I well, think that's, that's what the we interesting, have. That's, that's the thing. And I want to talk about it again once everyone's seen it. We'll come back to it. But the two things I want to kind of close on is one, it's the very rare occasion where I think I side with a studio over a filmmaker. And like, they know how to make a Marvel movie. Maybe they, they edge toward the middle more. And, and it takes a strong personality to get the better Marvel movies. But the things that they do well are a lot of what this one struggles with. But the other thing I want to close with and come back to, because I'm very curious what Ryan and, and uh, Miles think about this one, is this was the one that should have been a Disney Plus series. Hmm. Like, have it be 12 episodes and you could have six flashbacks and spend an hour, whatever, however long you want to do, nine. maybe six episodes. Six episodes. No, I think one for one for each, an opening and the closing. I think that twelve. Would you could be have, you could have done you hmm. could have had everyone had an episode, and you could have had them all be. You could have done it as the first season. You have your intro, but that basically the same setup as the movie has. Everybody gets their episode, and you use a time period. So, like the Macedonia time period, the like some of the time periods I would have loved to have explored more. Like the Brian Tyree Henry being a part of Hiroshima. Yeah. Like also stunning imagery there. Incredible shots. That moment was dumb as hell. It's a dumb <laughs> moment. But you want to spend more time there like because I, you don't get time but, there. but this is what I mean by the movie presenting ideas. It's like, I get what they were going for. His character is like the tech guy. Like he's, he's he bit, phenomenal. Yeah. He's like, he's your, you know, he can create all of these interesting technologies. He crafts. Um, and so that was really interesting. And so it's like, okay, it could be a logical conclusion that he is his tech in, in the way that Tony Stark, you know, that the tech is going to be used for bad purposes. But like, I didn't need to see him there with that. No, was, without, oh, yeah, yeah. You, part, you would have needed more time. The most to get important part is that they have to start visiting people who have like, moved completely away from like their past eternal lives right like yeah. Jemba chan's character cersei still does some stuff here or there you know but like a couple of them have been like oh i'm not doing this no more i'm going to be over here and so that moment was unnecessary because i also felt like it put the burden of a really truly terrible historic moment on the black gay character that wasn't necessary like it made sense in the story which is why like a lot of people are going on on twitter and they're in it this moment has they're starting to talk about this moment i'm like you got it's a it's a little out of context <laughs> in conversation yeah. like it makes more sense with the with the film but it still was like none of this what? movie works out of context is the problem it just didn't it didn't need it makes sense that he would be like i have created technology, you know, and he, he lives in America, right? He could just be like, I had to give up on that mess when these people were shooting up schools left and right. Or he could have yeah. just shown uh, uh, some Twitter uh, accounts <laughs> over the last Yeah, like it would have, well, yeah, it would have been enough to do that. So like that moment, I was like, oh. and then it was, I was like, okay, so that's two minutes of the, of the runtime that we. Well, that's the thing. It's two minutes. Else. Where we could have, like, if it was an episode of a show, we would have gotten there. And you would have been able to space out. Yeah, he gave some tech to, you know, people 
centuries ago and here's the natural endpoint and how he sours on it because that is a lot of the like most of the characters either fall in love with humanity and live among them or sour on humanity and sort of pull away so you could sort of set up the divide it's just it's it i think it summarized that it's interesting but not always well done so my review will be up next week we'll Can I? talk more about it next week it's it does end well i like the way it ended where it very much sets you up for the next thing the that was probably one of the best parts of the film yeah and the the two credit sequences are interesting though also fairly puzzling although i did not get to see those yeah, that was an. I think that was an accident. Well, not a intentional. Well, maybe it was uh, because you know people don't want to keep their damn mouth shut. Well, yeah. That is hey, I don't story. work for Variety. <laughs> yeah. Who who would work for Variety? Um, mm-hmm. I will. I will. <laughs> y'all, uh, I will. I will say. <laughs> I will say one thing is that what I'm noticing through this post uh, Avengers in game phase is that. I think you guys hit it on the head is that the best storytelling that they've had so far is through now their television shows. And these are considered by many to be gigantic television episodes because they all connect to one giant story. I've thought from the marketing and everything that they didn't really explain to us who these characters were. This was this. It was very vague in it and a lot of the reactions sort of speak to that they have spider-man which i'm sure is you know it's going to just blow everyone's mind with nostalgia not actually and maybe move the franchise for i don't know but they seem to be in a little bit of a crisis right now as a country or or not as a country but as a as a as a country country of marvel being that give it time that that because they don't know where they want to go it it, yeah, it feels well, like they had an out. ending and now they're just making stuff and it's not really great. I kind of said this yeah. when the whole multiverse started, it's going to be a tough transition. Yeah, it's going to be, yeah. this is very bumpy and even something like Shang-Chi, I like the movie a lot, but it is a Same. basic, you know, sort of Marvel, you know, setup with a couple of different element, elevated things, they, but it could be a television series too, phase. you know? Yeah, well, they haven't figured out what the next phase should be doing. But we'll get back. We'll, well, well it's because they that. don't really talk. have a character that is their leader exactly. of the phase. I think I think know? when after we see Spider-Man and after Hawkeye, when we kind of have our like wrap up of the year of Marvel, it'll be interesting to take a, a look at what's happening. Yeah. I can't believe um, they're revisiting MASH. That's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's do Halloween Kills for a moment. We talked a little bit about it. Steve wants his chance to just pile venom no, on things yeah he does I know. well yeah. we'll keep it quick for you i'm curious i don't actually know what terrence thinks about it <laughs> ryan i'm curious about and miles has the world's most even-handed take in the world on it and that it was a movie i don't regret my time seeing it steve yep it, it came out and i watched it and i have no strong opinions about it one way or the other it, it is it is funny mm-hmm. that halloween kills is the movie in which miles has found the exact center of the internet <laughs> Like I'm, I'm genuinely, my mind is blown by the people who are like, it's the best movie ever, or it's the worst movie ever. Cause I yeah. don't understand getting that much emotion over it when it's, it does some things right and it does some things wrong. And it just kind of evens out into neutral kind of, it was fine. Hmm. Yeah. Miles headline should be Halloween happens. Halloween happens. That's good. Yeah. 
All right, so we have our even-killed approach. We had me last week being like, it's certainly not amazing, but I liked it enough to recommend it. Steve, give us the other take. Hmm. I disagree with Miles on that. I would not recommend it. I don't think it does much. Let me think. Does it do I, anything I, right? To be clear, I did not say I would recommend it. I okay. think it was fine, but I wouldn't, like, yeah. push it on people. <laughs> is it the worst? Uh, let me. There's two ways to see this. As a Halloween movie, it is a complete, complete failure. As a horror movie, it's okay. It's it's entertainment. But as a Halloween film, I, I think it's a little bit worse than the previous. Let me ask you a question. The the one where uh, Buster Rhymes does like Kung oh. Fu against Michael Myers. Yeah. How does that rank compared to this? Like <laughs> Cinema peaked that day, by the way. Just gonna just... With Halloween, it comes to there are the good Halloween films, there are the watchable Halloween films, there are the I wanna forget I've I've ever seen them. Buster Rhymes is in that lower tier. Both of the 2018-2021 are in that tier. And Zombie kind of floats around the two because Zombie as a horror film, they're okay. As a Halloween film, again, a huge failure. So that's what I was about to say. I, I lost think, a listener I think this week with Buster Rhymes. Good lord. Yeah. I mean, Buster Rhymes <laughs> is a huge fan. Yeah. So we'll have to get him back with Armin Wayne later. Poor Buster. I, I think the zombie films are bigger failures as Halloween films because they're barely trying to be. They're going in different directions. Mm-hmm. Um, zombie tried to make a zombie film. That's what happened there. And it's, yeah. He didn't try to make a Halloween that's fair. film. Um, Terrence, did you see it? I did. Thoughts? It's bad. <laughs> All right. So we've got, we've got, a, we've got a, a side. Aside to uh, so, Steve, the, it, and it's bad because it's just poorly made. It like yes, it, mm-hmm. it once again talking about movies trying to do it. Like, was it interesting to use mob mentality as a thematic in a film like this? Yes. Does it matter if? Does it matter in the end? No. Well, it doesn't. Nothing it, matters it, in the middle. Well, that, well that's well, the but thing it, with like, that whole poorly... subplot is it's an interesting idea, but they don't like develop it in a way that makes it interesting or relevant yes. to the plot as a whole. Yeah, I mean, it's poorly made because you're you're tracking three generations of women, two of whom are confined to a hospital and one of whom is not seen on screen for like 20 minutes of screen time as things are ramping up. Like, mm-hmm. it is bonkers that they had the granddaughter. She, like, leaves to go with her ex-boyfriend and his father to go track Michael down <laughs> and legitimately is not in the movie for 20 minutes. Like, that's, it's that one, poorly made. It is poorly. barely one, following the, the three generations. It just They just well, happen to be there at this point. It's really... And, um, and Jamie Lee Curtis is just spewing bullshit about... Something that she made up that fits in the retconning that these uh, the writers have created for this. There's nothing to back up what she's saying besides some woman who's never seen Loomis since the uh, the original 30 years ago and has been hiding in her house with a terrible plan to destroy Michael Myers, who has really no reason based on this film to come back for her. And then yeah. she sits like, in a hospital room talking to this cop who is also retconned in and there's like... We've got here's a legend, here's the mythology. Like it doesn't hold any weight because you're. It's really it's like a conspiracy theory. We're listening All to right. two crazies talk about the conspiracy. It's garbage. Well, maybe maybe three. Well, uh, and, maybe and, maybe three. Crazies. No, and to go on to that point, they've kind of 
sort of back themselves into a corner because they you can tell they want to derive from like the history and the lore of the franchise, but they can't do that because they retconned it so yes. only the first film counts. Yep. So no, I like will this say, film have you heard? feels in parts like a remake of Halloween 2, just like less interesting, which is not saying much because Halloween 2 isn't that interesting. But like they're just they deleted all this history just so they could then recycle the same beats and less interesting ways. I do think there's ways. more history coming because I, I actually read an interview with David Gordon Green with Mike Ryan, and there's some Halloween three vibes that yeah. they apparently are developing in the next one. So there, there's well, there's also a time jump happening. Easter eggs and vibes if, are not the same thing, but yeah. Series, yeah. If this series is supposed to be about Laurie and Michael having to duke it out, you cannot have Michael going around the town killing everybody I mean, and you, not you coming can, to the hospital you, you where her. she yeah. is it made like that's it, it, it well they, even, they make a point to say that he doesn't actually care about her and he's yeah. not coming for her he only showed up in the first or the previous one because of the other doctor so the stage is set for this showdown where one of the two people doesn't care about the showdown <laughs> and anyone who's seen the original would say wait a second you mean when he stole the car drove around her house showed up and, and haunted you know and then showed up in her laundry and followed her on the streets that he didn't care about her that he was going to this uh place that we won't discuss um it's it's really just a bunch of bs they, right. they didn't well, do the I, research well i want i want to get ryan on this and also i want to uh mention that ryan can probably confirm this but we both had read the script i believe there was more of the grand order like in the movie yeah. she's just out of there but i think there was more of them looking around they find yeah. the bodies also that was another thing i noticed it's it's a pretty violent movie. Yes. But on the page it was written like almost over the over the edge. Like that was the weird thing. Like I think they like this intended was, this to be yeah. grindhouse almost. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I I, I had a shooting script and uh, and I read it and it was a lot more gruesome and darker. And, he tortured everyone and, when they killed I mean, him. He like he was, mutilated them. I mean, he, was, he was doing that here. But, he was yeah, but barely. No, but no, he's not, not like he laying doing. Terrence, there, there's like a way where he wasn't laying the bodies by each other and like setting them up silhouette style. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he, you know, there was there was no mercy to this. He is pissed because of what happened in the last film. Like it made sense. And then the mob uh, mentality, it was there was a lot taken out from that script and reworked over the last year from what they shot. And then the ending is new. The beginning is new. Um, some of the things with Jamie Lee Curtis is different. So they, it seems like they went back and reshot things and were told you yeah. can't go this dark because maybe they awesome. had to make a, a crowd pleaser or whatever, uh, or a more seeable product. And I thought the movie was, uh, when it was doing the kills, uh, I was like, okay, cool, fine. Sure. Like let's, let's, let's just have him kill everyone. I mean, great. Like that's what you sort of expect. But this movie's logic just doesn't make any sense too. like the stuff with um, Judy Greer just grinding my bones. The whole the, all the stuff with um, was it Anthony Michael Hall. He's terrible in this. It was movie. a better script. It, it's it a, it I mean, he's he's script. awful. And also too going back to what Miles said, you can't have it both ways. You can't no. have Michael Myers where you like have him be a aging 60 year old man that's got a bald spot and like 
you know, is moving but slow and everything. But he's also John Wick. But he's, yeah, but no, he's also invincible because like seven bullets go into his body and it does nothing to him. And he's yeah. able to still move around and do all this stuff. You can't ground it in reality and then want to say it's supernatural. You can't do that. You Because at least in the last film, they established that he is a little bit more human than the supernatural elements. They were trying to go back to more of the roots. This film, they decided to retcon their own selves. And now they're even going to go and inject COVID into this final film. Yeah. They took all the goodwill and a really good script <laughs> on the page and just lit it on fire and said, let's just try to make this whatever we want it to be. Now, I have no interest in seeing the third one. Uh, it almost feels like at this point it was a cash grab for Peacock. And uh, yeah, it, it's not a terrible. It's not the worst movie I've seen this year. I've seen tons of terrible movies. It's the most frustrating movie I've seen this year because the ideas are there to set it up to be something pretty damn good. But the execution is done by a director and writing staff. That's <laughs> just not up to par. It's a whole bunch of broken and there's really no fixing it. Honestly, I don't think there's anything they can do to take this final film other than saying it was just a dream after the first one. Connecting <laughs> it. All right. But yeah. there's no fixing it. But I would say if you really are a Halloween fan, watch the original stop there. If you need a sequel, watch number four. It, it actually holds up quite well. And if, and then watch uh, the third one as a, a kind of uh, anthology series type approach to it, because the, uh, that's all the you need. first, the first five are actually re-released in 4k because I uh, just received them. And that was pretty cool. I saw, and I'm very jealous. I'm looking up for you guys when they came out. I believe they're currently available. Um, but we're going to do a question now, and then we're going to feed into something that I think people will be more excited to talk about. Yeah, as of October 5th. Okay. The first five films on 4K. Camp. Yeah. Um, Wait, let me just pause real quick while I turn on the positivity switch. All right. There you go. All right. All right. Oh. I'm back. He went from ones to zeros. We have a uh, question from Ryan McDermott that will eventually feed into our next talking point. Which is uh, Ryan has Dune cast Filmahawk face off. Okay. So, uh, Terrence, it's basically uh, Cinephile Showdown, if you remember that. It's the same crap. Um, just change the name so we don't get sued. All right. So, you can also. <laughs> who would, who would sue us? Game. Ryan who would sue us. Yeah. No. 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 Uh, I, I, it will be very obvious who the person is in each of these, but feel free to say who it is. Uh, we go. Uh, we'll go. Miles, Ryan, Terrence, Steve. I would imagine Miles will be able to solve the riddle at the beginning for everyone. But if you miss it, someone will pick up the slack. Okay. First one. Call me by your name or Little Women. Uh, that'll be Timothy. Um, between the two, I mean, I'd be lying if I didn't say Call Me by Your Name is a little soured now that one half of the love story is an actual cannibal. Mm. But uh, Michael Stolberg. <laughs> You know, allegedly yeah, michael still michael Stolberg killing that person and eating him was a genuine surprise yeah. listen i can't wait I, I would like to read whatever sort of drafts luca had for the sequel and i would like to see whether he maybe updated it yeah. but um just looking at them as movies they're both great but i think i give the edge to little women yeah not really not really appetized to see that sequel right guys mm. um, that, that, that that peach needs to be taken into witness protection yeah <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> Seen some things. Uh, I, I look. I can separate the artist from um, from the meal that they consume. 
Um, sure. and, uh, but I, and, and I like call me by your name a lot, but, uh, I do really love little women and, uh, I know, um, you know, everyone from a certain generation just seems to just devour the Winona Ryder version, but, uh, I don't really have any uh, affinity for that one. Cause I just didn't I think really everyone like it. has their version. Yeah. And I think I didn't really care for that one, but this one, I, I liked what Gerwig did a lot. And I think he's actually really good in the film yeah Chalamet. absolutely so, yeah, yeah i will go i will go with that fair terrence uh oof um <laughs> i think i don't love either of these movies i think little women is better I, call me by your name call me by your name might be more competently made but that story is yeah. is just so foolish to me and and everybody's you know it's it's fun to make the jokes about arm and hammer but <clears throat> the issue in that movie is not like his personal life it's his performance <laughs> Tim, timmy is giving you everything that you need and then yeah. he is just there everything from inside of him just coming right out onto the screen and, air, and then and he's fruit. just and there fruit. like yeah it, so little little women has a, this stronger ensemble. So I'm gonna go little women. We'll say right. the the birth of "Call Me by Your Name" to get the uh, song for uh, Little Nas X, like the title for there. Yeah, that's worth it. <laughs> that's worth All it right. there. But that's Steve. about it. Song's better than the movie. I'm gonna go with Little Women. I think it's a a great adaptation. 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 And, uh, Adaptation, I like that. Adaptation, there you go. Yeah. Uh, and being a fan of, of a couple of the previous versions, I was surprised uh, to like it as much as I did, and uh, it, I'll give it my vote. I'm 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 pretty cold on both of them, so I'll go call me by your name just to mix it up. They're both fine. That has a fire uh, wildly... camp or like a fire sequence at the end, so that can warm me up. There you go. Yeah. I mean, they're both overrated to me, but they're both fine. And I think he's better in call me by your name. So I'll, I'll go that way. Also, I'm exhausted. So the thought of two movies I'm indifferent to is kind of uh, not throwing me because I actually got my, my COVID booster today. So nice. I, uh, I'm i I'm also waiting for my 5G to kick in. So if you hear me sound better, you know the service just picked up. So. <laughs> okay. There you, go. there you go. Can't wait. All right. Next one. Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation, or Doctor Sleep? Ah, uh, Kyle McLaughlin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that that's uh that's Dune. Mm, we'll Charlotte that Rampling. Later. Mm. We all know Kyle McLaughlin looks so good in that top hat. Um, you say like he wouldn't look great in a fucking top hat. I think he would look spectacular. He looks I'm great sure, in yeah. everything. If we come through his IMDb, he would. He, he's probably done it. Yeah. Um, you said Rogue Nation. Yep. Okay. Between the two Mission Impossible's that Rebecca Ferguson is in, uh, I like Fallout significantly better. Doctor Sleep is a wild, weird piece of movie, but I kind of think it works more than it doesn't, partially because Mike Flanagan's such a good director. Um, whereas Rogue Nation is good, but it's not one of my favorite Mission Impossibles, so I'll go Doctor Sleep. And I think Rebecca Ferguson is terrific in it. Yeah. I love her in Doctor Sleep. Just that hat, my God. But um, Speaking of cannibals. Uh, but I will, yes. Uh, but I will go with Rogue Nation. I think like her injection into the series um, is great, and I think of like Rogue Nation and Fallout. Sort of, I mean, they are companion pieces, and um, yeah. So I will go with Rogue Nation. Like I love Mission Impossible, so 
kind of hard for me not to pick those. Fair enough. Terrence? Uh, I haven't seen Dr. Sleep, so I guess by default I have to go Rogue Nation. Although... Fair enough. I don't care for Rogue Nation. A Rogue Nation is... is in this lat is the least of the three in this new Tom Cruise run because it is Agreed. it is so reliant Agreed. on stunts that we know are not a hundred percent real and or not dramatically interesting to witness. Mm-hmm. Like him f- being flung around that water in that water tank where he's trying to unlock the door or whatever. Isn't that like he holds his breath for like five yeah, minutes? Yeah, I was like, like but why? Minutes. But why do I have to sit there for seven <laughs> minutes and watch it? Like, at at some point, you have to. Can we use the tools of cinema to move the story forward? Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. It Rogue Nation is not is the least of but this it, new. But movie. it's but it's great. It's, it's great. <laughs> Steve, well, while we pause the show and you can sit down and watch it because that way you can give the uh, the correct vote, which is Doctor Sleep. Uh, I think. <laughs> Rebecca Ferguson is uh, is really fantastic in it. It was a, quite a surprise because, you know, as a sequel to a book that was, what, 30 or 40 years old and a film that was <clears throat> about 30 years old, I guess, 35, um, I was surprised how well it worked. It had, did have a few flaws, but she was great in it, so Dr. Sleep. All right. Um, I'm going to go Rogue Nation, not by a lot, though. I think Dr. Sleep is fine. I think Mike Flanagan's a great director. I think the story itself is... Mm, didn't, he just works better on television than he does in his films. Fair. I think, yeah, long form is, is his friend. Yeah. Because he, he is also an unhurried director. Yeah. Um, and Rogue Nation is thoroughly enjoyable while really paling to Ghost Protocol and, and Fallout. It's just... Yeah. They're all three great, though. I love, I it, love the it's new a run. Good, it's a yeah. good movie that hints at what was better to come and like somewhat failed to pick up the slack from from ghost i just think that uh rogue nation's just more rewatchable than dr sleep and that's probably and and that's why i would cling to that one a little bit more all right next up annihilation or star wars the last jedi (laughs) neither of which being uh oscar isaac's best work but interesting choices yeah Um, I, I i don't i don't choose these well, I, I should amend that. I like both of these films, but neither of these films are movies you're seeing just because of Oscar Isaac. You know what I mean? I'll no. see Oscar Isaac for anything. Right? I mean, I'll see him in anything, but it's not like I'll see him in anything and out of everything. If you know what where I'm it's saying. like a showcase. It's not a showcase. <laughs> he's just in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like them both a lot. Um, I'd probably give the edge to Annihilation just because I think the ideas in that movie and the visual execution of them are so compelling. I've come back to it a few times. The Last Jedi, you know, don't say whatever you want. I think it's the best of the sequel trilogy. It does have its issues, though. Fair. Mm. Uh, I I really do like Annihilation, though. It's like not on. If we were going to pick an Alex Garland film, I'd rather do it like Ex Machina rather than Annihilation. Um. But I have to go with uh, the the Last Jedi. I love that movie. Um, it's my second favorite Star Wars film, and uh, I mean he's he's great in it. I think the whole movie is great. I know flaws and all. I be, I barely think there's any flaws in that movie. I've seen it so many times. Um, I mean, you want to talk about flaws, you'll talk about the next movie. 
really for me. But uh, oh, well, the next movie is a yeah. fucking train wreck. Yeah, exactly. So, so, so there you go. Um, and uh, and yeah, so uh, and, and and like Last Jedi is one of my top twenty of the of the decade of that last decade. So yeah. Mm. Terrence, lower lower tier. That's high Sorry. praise for that movie. Um, my choice would be The Last Jedi. I think it is my favorite Star War. Um, but I'm also not a super Star Wars fan. Um, Annihilation. Annihilation is a good movie, but if you have read the Area X trilogy, mm-hmm. it was like Alex Garland was like, okay, so how can I put the entire plot of all three of these movies into this one movie so we can't make a sequel. Bingo. And yeah, in doing bingo. that, makes the ending of Annihilation bad. Yeah. Because he tried to Fair. he tried to cram in everything. It hasn't aged well, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Alright. Steve? Uh, I think Annihilation is uh, pretty good. And for that reason alone, I choose it. Enough that... said. Simple. To the point. Uh, I agree. I love both of the movies, frankly. Um, and I would say Last Jedi is more rewatchable, but I think Annihilation is a fuller meal. And I... It, it may depend on the mood, but if you're in the mood for, like, a film, mm. quote-unquote, I think that's the way to go. Mm. But this is a very close one. This is actually, I think, the closest one of the group. Mm. Um, I'd agree with that. The, the, we're, mm, the next couple ones are interesting. Alright, so, next up... We have Hail Caesar or Inherent Vice. Oh, God. Yeah. Brolin? (laughs) Two great Brolin Brolin, performances trapped in two very poor movies. There you go. Um, Disagree. Inherent Vice is PTA's worst movie. It's just a (laughs) fucking mess. Uh, Brolin is great in it, but he's like the only good thing in it. Um, Maybe the scene with Martin Short, but uh, yeah, it's just a rambling mess and it's nonsense and it's pointless. Hail Caesar is not yeah. one of the Coen's best, but I think there's a lot of really good scenes in it. I think the Ray Fiennes, Alden Ehrenreich um, uh, sort of when... back and forth is so good. Uh, Brolin is a really sturdy sort of lead in it. It's kind of wishy-washy, but overall it works. So between the two not great options, I go Hail Caesar. All right. Um, I like both of these movies. Um, I They're good movies. Um, sorry. They're 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 good filmmakers. They're good movies. Um, and I stand by it. Um, and um, they're not like my favorite of of the directors, but I think that they're well, they're fun times at the movies. They're just different. Well, you're than, not a raving lunatic more so than usual. Um, I think Hail Caesar is a lot of fun. It's like a great ode to you know classic Hollywood for them and. Um, the Channing Tatum sequence and like Miles mentioned, the refines all the right sequence, but not really for like Josh Brolin. He's just kind of there. There are yeah. elements, but inherent vice. That was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun with my wife seeing that one. Um, she's uh, I mean, she wasn't a big fan to, of the. To be clear, you didn't watch the movie. You guys banged in the theater, right? That's why you were. No, we we watched the movie gross. Um, and you watched the movie gross. No, we. Point blank. You're you're the one in the mind in the gutter tonight. Um, no, we had a lot of fun because she didn't really. You're gonna kick yourself when you hear this. Um, is that she was not a big fan of the master, and so I was very nervous when she uh, went into see and hear advice, and she absolutely loved it, and it was one of my sort of like favorite theater experiences of just watching her like crack up. 
the entire time, and I was like totally shocked because I didn't think this would be her her jam. And so I have it's a, a nice PTA place in my heart for it. So yeah, PTA like Stoner movie. I would pick in here. Fair enough. Yep. All right, uh, Terrence. I don't remember what you think of these, so I don't. I some of these I knew. You better you ask him. Better not ask him the same question you just asked me. Jesus Christ, like, Terrence. Did you did you did you happen to? bang ryan's wife while watching inherent vice i mean no i haven't seen inherent vice um or 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 my wife oh he wasn't fair. watching the movie yeah. see is, is there like an abstain option because hail caesar is bad man even <laughs> with even with that tap dancing sequence and mm, even with good. you know yeah, what did it were what so simple and no so dames is then yeah, she's inherent vice there are two good scenes in a movie that is wildly mediocre otherwise it's bad <laughs> it's bad. Mm-hmm. All right, Steve. I'll go hail Caesar. There you go. <laughs> the indifference is great. Um, you know what? I'll go Inherent Vice because I think then we tie. Inherent Vice right? is a good movie. I mean, it's it's fun. I like it. I, I I will admit that I would be sooner to revisit that one than Hail Caesar. Yeah, I'm not putting I on kinda, Hell Caesar. There's other Coen Brothers. No, there, I but, got you know. I got Hell Caesar the first time and went. All right, couple, there's two scenes I can rewatch on YouTube. Yeah. Um, Inherent Vice, I, I think, I think uh, he's better in it. So if we gotta go with a tiebreaker, he's, he's very in good it. in it, and I and I like Joaquin. And there are there are time. parts of it that I like. I I find it utterly befuddling in that I don't even think PTA knows what's going on in part of the movie. In parts of the movie, it makes sense. But I also think he's not really concerned with that. Movie makes sense. I mean, it makes stone. Well, you're sense, you're I the suppose. same person who claims to hear the dialogue in Tenet, so your opinion. I did. I heard it the first time. Yeah, in the oh, in the IMAX. Yeah. All right. Something wrong with um, y'all? Not wrong with me. I I can't wait to hear the reactions to this one, Malcolm and Marie, or the Greatest Showman. <laughs> oh Christ! Um, apologies to Zendaya, but I have not seen either of these movies, so I will abstain. Oh, you. you he got out of it. All right, um, Ryan. I've never seen The Greatest Showman other than the first 10 minutes before she even comes on there because I turned it off uh, when I was at home because I just thought it was so uh, terrible. And uh, it's one of like the worst 10 minutes of my life. And uh, You should have seen the next two hours. <laughs> thank God I didn't. Um, Malcolm and Marie, uh, it's got a lot of ideas. And it's swinging, and it's doing stuff, and it's a movie that uh, <laughs> is there. And uh, I'm just not a Sam Levinson fan. I think that that's Fair. clear. Although I haven't seen Euphoria, and I hear that show's good. Um, I guess I enjoy Euphoria, um, but I think she's she is very good in Malcolm and Marie, and that would be the only reason why I pick it is because she is she's good. John David Washington, not so much. Terrence. <laughs> I can feel the hate flowing through him. I think, I think I'm going to go with Greatest Showman. Ooh, because it, interesting. At least you've got some fun song. Malcolm and Marie. <laughs> Talking about a movie that came and film? went, by the way, right? It, it well, it they put it out late because they wanted it to get nominated for Oscars. But like, <laughs> remember that? I then remember people watched when, it. I remember when Scott Feinberg was like, "This is the movie that's going to come in and surprise." I'm like. Well, and then it like had like one week, and everyone was talking about it, and then it just disappeared again. Well, because it was, I mean, bad. It was not good. <laughs> I mean, Zendaya le- legitimately could have crashed the race. Yeah, she could, but have. she didn't get the nominations. Well, it's tough so. when people 
it just if you looked up the word noise in the dictionary <laughs> you would see this movie because it, it just it's a, it's two people also see loud right yeah. it's, it's two people yelling and it's you know a white film director's feelings about a critic who gave him a bad review but screamed through the mouth of a black character yeah. for two two hours like these fools were just yelling at each to, and i and i love movies where people yell at each other and you know sitting out like i love virginia wolf but like there there's some substance to that <laughs> yeah. so there was definitely a a sense that like i i think i liked that movie the best of the group but even watching it once the initial like wow i'm watching like some some acting with a capital a happen you start to go i feel like sam's talking about someone here yeah and i and, and like i'm fine like work out your grievances and like it's interesting to hear a filmmaker yell about critics even though i i feel like your target is a little misguided but at a certain point like you're you're still going on like this is meant to feel realistic and i and come on like going line by line through this thing like this is there was a point where it tipped over to be like well now i'm watching it for the performances because i'm a little like almost creeped out by sam so mm-hmm. steve before I'm, by the way, I'm going. Um, Malcolm and Rika's The Greatest Showman is a fucking abysmal film. Yeah. Uh, there's two good songs, but it is borderline unwatchable. No. It almost makes Lay Miz good. Lay Miz is good. Lay Miz is better than Ugh. The Greatest Showman. Yeah. Yeah, but that's like saying, you know, would you rather have an aneurysm or a stroke? I'm like, these are terrible options. Well, Lay Miz, Lay Miz is probably is top tier Hooper, and and which I isn't was, saying I, a lot. Which isn't yeah, saying a lot. Almost nothing. <laughs> I'd watch Les Mis I mean, again for watching. The Damned United is the is his best film, but it's the only one that's good. So. We can all agree Cats is a is a wonderful masterpiece. And uh, no, I'm I, I stand by my what I wanted to do as my review. Unfortunately, I did not own the site. If I did, my review would have just said "Congratulations, dogs," and I would have hit publish. And that would have been my review. Should have done. Release it. the butthole cut. It literally can't be worse. Yeah, That's release true. it right during the Belfast campaign this year. I'm sure Judy Dench would love to see that. She'd be like, "I made one." If she can't see that. Yeah. Oh. 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 Right. Wait a. My wait turn. My turn. Years ago. Yeah. See. Okay. Cover that up. Malcolm and Marie. I think the most accurate statement here was there was a lot of acting. Um, <laughs> if it was real life, I would have walked out of the room. 10 minutes in and I being a uh, somewhat a completist I watched the whole film but really I didn't enjoy really well, something is anything of it um, yeah the greatest showman it has some uh, some redeeming qualities I think there's uh, some great music I think the costumes and I think a lot of it is a lot of fun it's 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 a musical it is what it is it's got Michelle Williams how can you go wrong gotcha. uh, the greatest She's showman. terrible in there movie. all right uh, hey, you know what? A, a terrible Michelle Williams is better than a terrible. Granted, uh, I guess I've only not. seen ten minutes of this movie, but from the ten minutes yep. I saw, she's terrible. Right, quickly on this next one, so we can talk about Dune, Aquaman, or Zack Snyder's Justice League. Jesus Christ! Ah, <laughs> uh, they could have dug a little deeper for some Jason Momoa. Um, Good thing. I think. Zack Snyder's Justice League is a fascinating, messy mess of a movie, but I do kind of love it. Uh, but I think I'm going to go with Aquaman because it's so big and bold and cheesy and weird and all over the place. 
it's it's the kind of bright, colorful blockbuster I wish I would see more often. Ryan? Yeah, I'm going to go Aquaman um, because Aquaman's the best movie in the DCEU. And um, and uh, because it is insane and it's epic and James Wan knows how to direct movies and uh, some of the people in this universe don't. And I just love Momo's performance. I think he's really, really great lead here. Um, he's clearly better in other things. But uh, yeah, I would I would take the sort of zany comic book world building of this thing than than the drab other crap that we get through this series so yeah aquaman terrence uh i guess we're three for three in aquaman um oh boy. my man because justice oh, man. justice league the oh my god i forgot joss whedon version is bad mm-hmm. well, it's awful, yeah. and this movie you know the first just like his batman versus superman director's cut the first hour of it works, but then you're sitting there for another three. Yeah. Um, three long hours. That's a lot. I, I honestly, I, I say, I jokingly say that Zack Snyder is not a serious filmmaker because I, I just, there was never a point in time in this timeline that we are currently on that Warner Brothers was ever going to agree to a four hour cut of this movie. Theatrically, so why was the story? Never minded like a four-three aspect yeah. ratio and all this. Why shit. was the story shot that way? <laughs> so yeah, Aquaman is a tighter, weirder movie. So I will give Aquaman the. Yeah. Steve, Aquaman is uh, it is a lot of fun. It's zany. It's crazy. It's uh, kind of it's it's that Wonder Woman and Shazam is kind of where I think the DC should uh, DCEU should live. And uh, if they did more of these, they'd be better off. But uh, I'll go with that. Do we have a sweep for Aquaman? No. I'll ever so slightly go Justice League. The The original one's terrible. This one's a mess, but interesting. And, and I kind of love these, like, lost director cuts. It's not lost, but, like, the like, what would you have done if you were given everything? Is it better? Yeah, is it's it not good? lost because they know. did give him everything. Well, yeah, but I mean, and the, the like, what would you have done without? You know, is is interesting to me. But these are both like fine movies that I enjoy and will never watch again. Mm. All right. On the flip side, uh, for another like epically length movie, uh, Dune, probably uh, not only rewatchable, almost certain to be revisited in about two years when they finally finish the story. So we finally uh, can have more people chiming in on Dune. My thoughts are pretty clear. I was impressed. I was uh, very impressed considering what I thought going in. And uh, we've got more of that on the site because we have interviews with uh, Hans Zimmer, Oscar Isaac, Rebecca Ferguson, Joe Walker. So we've hit on like behind the scenes in front of the camera. Like we've got a lot on Dune. So I will mostly let everyone else chime in, and then we are going to get spooky. So have your Dune fun, same order as before. Miles, uh, go spend like 30 seconds on Arrakis. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I've been pretty clear over the last year or so that this was one of my most anticipated movies, well, first of last year and then of this year. Um, I'm a big fan of the book. I love 
Denis Villeneuve. I love everything he's done. I love this cast. All the ingredients were here for this to be like my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> it's not quite that, but it's damn close. This is big budget filmmaking on like some of the most impressive scale I've ever seen. Um, I know there's something vaguely ableist in the chatter about you need to see it on the big screen. I think as long as you watch it, you're good. But you can tell it's a movie that was made to be experienced in IMAX with surround sound because that is where it plays and where it lives. It's it's the kind of sci-fi that for a second you forget that Star Wars exists and it can just be its own thing. Mm. And it, it just works on its own level. I have a few nitpicks here and there. It's not a perfect movie. But it's very, very close. Uh, I love the cast. I love the visuals. Uh, I love the action. Um, I think there is enough of a character arc in it that it works as its own film, even though it's clearly setting up more to come. And obviously, we know there's more to come. Uh, Green Light for Part 2 just came through earlier today. So good news all around. Um, I think you could even take the second book and do a full trilogy out of it, uh, which may be the idea, depending on how Part 2 goes. Um, so yeah, I found myself very, very satisfied for this film that I had been very excited for, for literally years. Uh, piggybacking quickly. Uh, yes. However you watch it is good. I think the days of like, you have to, you have to have to see it on the big screen is a little different just because everybody has a, it's not fair to expect that of everybody. Yeah. And also like the barrier of entry of having a top flight home entertainment system is very low. Like if you get a. $300 TV you have better than a indie theater in your home like you're already watching things in high definition and and things of that nature so like is the ideal scenario to watch it at the IMAX in Lincoln Square in New York City 100% is that the only way to see the movie no if you watch it listen the at this point as long as you're not watching it on your phone I think it's a win like you're because people have 80 inch goddamn television I want everybody to watch it on their phone now yeah, so it's the way Christopher Nolan certainly intended it. But And then the other thing I'll say is, I do still think if this was only one movie, it would be unsatisfying. I think a lot of the goodwill that I have towards it is in, like, I want to know what happens next, and I, and I do know what happens next, but, like, I want to see it depicted. Mm-hmm. If this was the only Dune we got, I would find it frustrating. I'd probably knock a, a half star off of it. But considering that, you know this was the intent and it was always meant to be two movies and he just couldn't make both at the same time. This is probably the best version of that in terms of where it leaves off, how it sets things up. Cause there is, there is, there's another point they could have stopped at both before and after. So there's two points. And I think one of them would have been a little too thin. And the other one, I think you would have gotten into like, this should have been two movies. So they, they did find a good spot. Uh, Ryan, well, and, and, and real quick before, and then uh, I'll let Ryan go, but just to that point of splitting it up, it it feels intentional all the way through. Like, yes. I think the benefit of that beyond just the, the benefit is that you let to get this, you get to let the story breathe. I don't think you want to get Denis Villeneuve to adapt this material just so that he can rush through it and get it no. all done in one go. We, this we saw movie, it not work. This movie benefits because it can take its time with. Even simple things like spaceships taking off and settling down, which hasn't been that impressive since Star Wars did it, they find ways to make it exciting and invigorating. So, yeah, I think the fact that you get 
to enjoy this world and want to see more of the world overall. I think that's the major triumph here. All right. Uh, Ryan, go mine some spice for about a minute. <laughs> Uh, I usually, uh, I don't bow at the altar of Denis Villeneuve. Uh, um, I think that he is a, is a fine director. I, I think he's made a couple of movies that I, I really like, uh, some movies that haven't particularly aged well for me, but overall, um, I think he's an interesting filmmaker. Um, but I, I always usually attend to. Uh, gravitate towards directors' passion projects. I think that those are usually the most interesting films. And um, judging by a lot of what I've read and everything, this is a, a very big passion project, labor of love, something that he's wanted to do for a long time. He loves the book. He loves yes. these characters in this world. And it clearly shows because I, I do think that this is a... Uh, if this is not the movie to get you on the, the train of Denis Villeneuve, I don't know what is... Um, I I certainly not fully at the altars still, but I respect and love this movie so much. And I think it is what you see when a director, his crafts team, a cast, everyone is at like their a game and they're just knocking it out of the park. I mean, like Hans Zimmer score, uh, there's a moment with bagpipes. And I think if you ever put bagpipes in a movie, that's never a good thing. (laughs) <laughs> and um and they just blast and they're awesome and i think the the world designs the contrast between the three sort of main groups of characters their you know their costumes i was able to at middleburg talk to uh, the head of makeup and hair and prosthetics on moat who's worked with Denis for the last four films and their concepts on on the Baron and uh, makeup on just the, even making like Rebecca Ferguson look tired by the end of this film, um, as beautiful as she is, she looks exhausted through everything. And uh, I mean, every detail is there. Um, I saw it twice. One at a critic screening um, in IMAX with Dolby, and then then the second time I saw it in regular IMAX, like giant IMAX. And um, while I do think, yes, you know, obviously there's still a pandemic going on and, and um, you know, you know, if you want to see it on your phone or you want to see it, whatever way is accessible on your iPad or or on your television, you can do that. But I do think the, the most optimal way to see this and the best way to see this is on the big screen because there, it, it takes you to just places. I don't think we've gone to in, in, in a long, long time. And, uh, I really had that feeling of seeing Lord of the Rings like when I was a kid because you're seeing the birth of something new and uh, and I, I much appreciate the sort of world building in characters here than I do with a lot of other franchises and I'm excited as all hell that they're going to be able to do part two. I'm interested in seeing who they're going to cast and like what would essentially have been the sting role in the original uh david lynch film which is a garbage movie and um i'm just you know you can tell that there's a lot of care and passion and and love behind it so it's it's currently surprisingly my number three film of the year um there's two other films that i've seen that are are better and will probably stay above it but you can't not if, if you hate denis villeneuve or you hate some of these cast members or whatever you can't not knock this movie for being the technical achievement of the year it's it's a it's very 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 good uh cool 
Um, it is my number 18 of the year. Terrence, go hang out with Duncan Idaho. <laughs> that doesn't said. sound like a bad day for anyone. <laughs> yeah. That sounds it, really good. In the, in the alternate version of, of this movie, I was telling a friend, I was like, in the alternate version of this movie, it, it, Timmy and Jason Momoa would have been getting it in. Um, yeah. The way they I mean, embrace, the way they says they didn't. The way was, they embrace, touching in this movie. It's like, the way they oh, embrace, that's some call me by your name sort of. Yeah, I, I love romance novels and, and romance movies. So like, this is so like the steadfast knight and the prince who's all grown up now. You know, <laughs> story. Um, I mean, he even compliments him on his physique. Yeah, that's where I was like, oh, this is real gay. Um. <laughs> Dune is Timothy Chalamet is like again every movie I make guys come Dune on. is Dune is um I think the first ninety minutes or so are really spectacular I loved that Denny trusted us to be smart enough to figure stuff out and yeah. was showing us he has a grand sense of scale and a grand sense of like the world building and all of that was really interesting and I thought but I thought that as the movie started to really really narrow in on Paul's sort of big moment or what was going to be his big moment, the movie started falling flat for me because it does end with something that is consequential to the main character, which is good. But like in terms of consequential for like what we have witnessed up until that point, the ending is kind of like, Oh, so like this was just, this was literally a prologue for people are talking about this. Like, Oh, it's, part one and part two of a story, but like the con- the very, very important things that happened that would set up a part two had happened like 45 minutes before the end. Mm. And they were just like, here is the place where we will cut the story in half. And that is different, right? If mm-hmm. this movie ends with, you know, them being scattered to the winds, a la Lord of the Rings, it makes more sense than like, oh, he has this momentous moment and now he's going to hang out with these people and that's where we're going to pick up. Like, that's not a, a half of a story to me. That's just like a place where you decided to end it. And so it, it, the movie lost a lot of its luster, but it is, it is I'd say see, see it wherever you can and feel comfortable seeing it. it. I'm sure it will play Gangbusters in IMAX. I saw it on the Warner Brothers lot. So they had Ooh. the best sound and it was, it's very loud movie. So, you know, if you're like me and, and loud noises are, are rough on your ears, sit in the back. Um, yeah. <laughs> Cause I was right in the middle and I was like, what is going on? Um, but yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure like if you really want like a really, really cool experience, seeing this in IMAX is probably really awesome. Yeah. Steve quickly. Uh, well, I went into this uh, with concerns about it being, you know, the first of a, of a trilogy or a, a series that would never be extended. So um, with that said, I also went in hearing a lot of talk about it for the last few months uh, on this podcast and tried to put that aside. And I was successful in doing so. I thought it was uh, a great, um, I don't know anything about Dune. All I know about Dune is what I saw on the screen. So it was great to explore it. And it was a nice slow kind of uh telling of of the story and building this world and uh and i really appreciated it it didn't go exposition heavy you know at least you know it it gave you time to take it all in 
And I thought the visuals and I thought the sound design, uh, even at home, if you have a good surround sound system, the sound design was exquisite. I really got like immersed in it. And now I'm really looking forward to seeing what, what comes next. Now that I've seen it, I say jump on in. It's uh, it's worth your while. Jump on the sandworm. Right. Most of us high on spice. Gotcha. Um, <clears throat> we have a question from Kayfley208 before we get spooky. And uh, when we get spooky, Miles is going to take the lead because he has something planned for Halloween. But Kayfley has some awards-related questions for the, uh, you know, awards radar podcast uh part one who do you have for sag ensemble right now part two how will golden globe nominees and winners influence the oscars this year if at all i will uh solve that one quickly they won't because they're barely going to exist and three what film do you have getting the most nominations how many does it get which is how we sort of tie into dune so we can go around the room um if you have a take on the globes feel free but if not sag ensemble and uh if not Dune, what do you think is going to do the best? Um, well, uh, going to the nomination question first, I do think that Dune's going to get the most nominations. I think especially in a year of 10, you have to imagine it's not quite a lock for Best Picture, but it would be it would stun me if it didn't get in. Um, director is not so much of a sure thing, but I definitely think he's at least in contention right now. And then I think it's guaranteed most if not all of the major below the line sort of technical mm. categories would it help um, if i said some of the potential sag nominees uh for that i mean i i think dune could be one of them i think belfast could mm. be one of them something like french dispatch where it's just a big cast um don't look up maybe power of the dog don't look up you know what's a nightmare yeah alley. nightmare alley is an x-factor coda mass Coda's a little yeah, Matt, Mass would be amazing for them, but whether or not they do I it. I doubt is, that's going to happen, but, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of. The problem is. In the Heights, you know, they, you know. Maybe. The thing is, you never know, like, they, they, whether they go big cast or whether they go, here's a movie that has fewer performances, but we like two of them a lot. So I don't like, also see a lot of the cast being Lily White. They have been making an effort over the last couple of years to. Um, you know, like last year's um, field was very, um, you know, it, there was a lot of people, cast of color and, 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 yeah, and, and I watched and was like King job. Richard has a, has a decent, yeah, I was going to say King Richard. Oh, I mean, sure. my God, I'm, the girls I mean, I'm and, and Anjanu Ellis the girls are, are very good. Yeah. Everyone's really at their A game in that, that film. Yeah. They're really yeah. good. Yeah. But then like, I wouldn't say this is going to happen film wise, but they do have their small ones where like, I'm not going to say Red Rocket has a particularly great chance at it, but they could go, we love Simon Rex and we love Susanna Son. That's enough. Yeah. You know, they do do that sometimes. Like, well, we love two people. Good enough. Dune has a pretty mixed cast of diversity, too, you know? And, yeah, and, I mean, it depends uh, on it depends on their mood. Just depends on if they, if they see that as an actor's movie more than the t- technical achievement. Because yeah. it's, it's going to get in for stunts at SAG, for sure. But you know. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But um, right. as for Globes, like, are, wait, the question yeah. was like, what again? It's exactly it was... how will their nominees and winners influence the Oscars, if at all? They're not going to um, really going to hear about them. I mean, they'll make they'll make just as big an impact as Critics' Choice. I would say less even because they're not going to be on TV. <laughs> I mean, they they were they weren't on TV in 2007 and they still. Yeah, but that was a, that was nothing was on TV. Critics' Choice and Golden Globes are the same thing. They don't have they any Os- they don't have any they... Oscar voters. So it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. It's just window dressing. No, it's window dressing, but I think the the and sag, maybe I'm sag wrong, and maybe, after maybe, are more important. 
and the guilds. Oh, oh obviously. Yeah. I think Golden Globe will have to deal with the um I mean the word I'm looking for is like the just the vibe. The vibe of them being bad right now. They're gonna be yeah. easy to discount. Also, year, like, how like, do yeah. you how are they gonna get the point across that like we're worth paying attention to to the average Oscar voter who already kind of doesn't pay attention to them? Yeah. I mean, you know, depends on and depends on what they do. I mean yeah, it, it it does not. This does not mean that Critics' Choice is is better or no, anything. It's I a, mean, they're t- Critics' I mean, Choice. Good Critics Lord. Choice. Listen, it, I'm in the organization. I will fully um, admit. I think it's a little wild that they think this is a, a boost up. Yeah, like, they're like it, this is our no. chance, and I'm like, no, you you guys Just are do your thing. You we'll guys are going to have, have our thing. You guys aren't even going to get a good host again. You guys can't get a good I mean, host, let alone you know you're on I mean, TBS. The, I mean, they have the know? same host every year, so it's like you know. The Globes I mean, will be back on NBC TBS? in a year. Like, I, I know I as cynical as that, that sounds, that, that it's going to happen. It's no, very I possible. I think they'll be yeah. back. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah that's kind uh, of where I'm leaning to. Yeah. Dune, I'm, I think, has, I think Dune has a good chance shot. of being the number one nominee um, yeah. because of yes. all of the technical I, categories. I will say if it's not, um, I do think it might end up being Power of the Dog. Because Power of the Dog could do well below. It's going to do, and, and it could nab two acting screenplay. It could, yeah. If it, nab if it has director, five above the line, and it yeah. picks up cinematography, score, editing, production design, maybe costumes. And I think it might, and it might have a song. I don't know if it'll have a song. I don't remember. Netflix almost all their movies have a song. This year. I don't remember they have. I when I saw the film, I remember a song. Yeah, that doesn't stop them from nominating it, and you know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's true. I didn't remember there was uh, a song at Trial of Chicago 7, and that, that bitch yeah. showed up. Well, that's why they then um, remind you later. So, yeah. yeah, like, I think those two were early on, because um, I think Belfast won't. I, I would say Belfast has a pretty good chance, too, mm. because that's likely to get acting nods. It's almost a shoe in for picture director. Then you screenplay. Screenplay. You got to figure all the period details of production designs. Editing, mm. cinematography. Maybe cinematography. I, I could see that one doing really well. I, I think it's going to struggle. Van, Mor- Van, Van Morrison's song is going to get in there regardless of, of, of it could his do, it, it, self. It could do song and score. Yeah. I think it will. that's one where I need to see more about the cinematography and, the, and editing and production design. Well, that, mo- that, movie's, other... that movie's really loved, so I could see it happening. As it should be. It's phenomenal. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very good movie. Yeah, I'm surprised um, how much I loved it. Really, yeah, you know. and in and out in ninety minutes, which is always nice. Ninety-seven minutes, gotta love it. Uh, but I think uh, I think it'll be Dune. Yeah, I mean the technical achievements is it's it's kind of hard for them yeah, to it's, ignore. It, it's like it, Mad Max Fury Road. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's I mean, what I've were... kind of been thinking it's going to be all year. Is it's going to be the one that sweeps it based on those technical accomplishments? Yeah, an adapted screenplay totally. is weak, so it could get in there too. Like, if, you, you mean know, you don't think House of Gucci is going <laughs> to? No, I've said that that movie is. I, I think that Last Duel is going to do better at the Oscars than. House of Gucci in terms I mean, of I certainly have so. both of them not doing very well. I mean, this point. I by don't. The way, I don't see that movie doing. By shit. the time we record next week, I may have seen Gucci. Well, that's good for Whoa. you. You'll find out if it's five hours long or whatever the hell that they said it was. Might I think be. it's not. I think it's actually like two and change, like a normal movie. It's we'll it's going to be just stupid, like a normal non Zack Snyder directed movie. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, a normal movie. Uh, Terrence and Steve, let's can let's uh, let's take this home before we get spooky. I don't have anything to say. Fair yeah. enough. Always happy when you do that. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> if you want to talk about Terrence... Halloween Kills some more, I have more to say. No. no. <laughs> Please God, no. Terrence, you want to you wrap up any of that? Or should we move on the horror? Uh, I'll just, I guess, thirdly say that 
Um, the only award shows that truly matter to the Oscars are the guilds. Yes. And BAFTA. Anyone who doesn't think that is wrong. That's just how this works. The other things can, can help, you, can, you know. Yeah, you, you help. A cute you speech at the Critics' Choice could, you know, launch you. Yeah. But, like, you also have to do other work than that. But, like, the, but like these early award shows themselves um, don't. <laughs> Terrence, no, it, it confirms uh, where we're moving towards yeah. one way or the other. And you thought, um, and Terrence BAFTA too, right? Or yeah, I say I I consider BAFTA, BAFTA part of the guild. In this I mean, BAFTA oh, yeah. BAFTA has that weird thing where they will occasionally go in a direction you know is not going to translate, but you know when that happens. Well, they might not nominate Denzel again this year. So, oh God, you, you can know, you imagine? I'm, they, I'm just telling you, you know, they. Oh, they're not gonna. Could you they, imagine they if like Will Smith and and Denzel are winning all the prizes and they just go Lily White? I, I mean, want a I year, could see it. I, I mean, it, it'll never happen because of just logistics. But imagine a year where they go five black or African American nominees and they still don't nominate Denzel. <laughs> they just straight up forget he exists, I mean, like they always do. I mean, they were um, the ones that turned the Bozeman tide last year. They they did. They were like um, they gave everyone the sort of excuse to say, yeah, we'll go with Hopkins. Yeah. So. All right, Miles, you've been doing your your thirty one days of horror. Yes. So uh, this is something that I like to do every year, starting with last year. I feel um, like it's really three hundred and sixty five. Well, have you been starting since probably. last year? That's more than thirty one days. Yeah. Well, thirty one days each year. I'm just yeah. I'm just thirty one days a month, which is weird because not all months have thirty one days. So yeah. he's, okay, he's fucking October, you pedantics. <laughs> um, no, and so I'm a huge horror buff, and um, I really like to diversify because one of the things I love about the genre is just there's so much to it. There's so many subgenres within horror. There's so many eras of horror, international horror. There's so much to go through. There's so much to look at, and there's riches to be found all over the place if you just want to look. Um, so I like doing this challenge, you know, a new horror movie every day. Not, sometimes I've seen them before, but a horror movie every day uh, throughout October, um, just to sort of, you know, get a feel for what's out there. Um, last year, I kind of uh, freewheeled it, but this year, um, the fine folks at Nightmare on Film Street uh, have put out a, um, a sort of handy-dandy chart uh, that's listing off uh, subgenres that you can focus on for each day, and it helps to sort of narrow things down. So, like, one day it'll be black and white, one day it'll be horror comedy, one day it'll be werewolf, and so it just cool. gives you something to sort of uh, hone in on. Um, so, so far, I mean, I'm 26 for 26 as of today's recording. Um, there's been some really interesting ones, some that didn't quite work. By the way, don't fuck it up. You're so close. Oh, no. Well, I, I've already figured out what the last, uh, as of now, I've got five days left. So, yeah, I, I already know what the films are. And, yeah, we're good. So, um, Sunday Scary is coming on Sunday, guys. Yes. So there will be I yet another so. essay, you know, novel length article coming out on Sunday um, where I just go through all 31 of the films. Not like in great length, but a solid paragraph on each, just, you know, yeah. detailing thoughts and just the experience of the month as a whole. So uh, stay tuned for that. And then you also said I, and then you also said I had something in mind for uh, the podcast, but I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, I mean, we could just talk about some of these. Is there any like highlights that you want to bring up? Oh, sure, sure, sure. Um, so yeah, no, there's a couple of interesting ones. Uh, one I saw just a few days ago uh, that recently got added to the Criterion Collection uh, was a film called Onibaba. 
mm-hmm. um, which I saw for the black and white day. Uh, this is a uh, Japanese film from the 60s that's, it's kind of, uh, it's one of those ones where it straddles the line between being like a period drama and having those horror elements. Um, but there's uh, sort of these elements of, uh, you know, demonic influences and, uh, you know, people during wartime having to resort to really desperate measures and, um some of the imagery in it is really striking. Uh, apparently, um, there's a mask that's at the center of it, and apparently the way that that mask is shot was a big influence on William Friedkin for the look of the demon in The Exorcist. Interesting. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Uh, let's see. Um, for Guilty Pleasure, I did Zombievers, a film <laughs> that nobody <laughs> has ever given a chance to, but I maintain is actually pretty fun on its own dumb merits. I've seen it. It's very dumb, but it's not bad. It's not bad. Um Let's see. For uh, favorite director, I went with Cronenberg uh, as far as genre goes. Uh, and I went with Videodrome, which is an Ooh. absolute classic. Love that movie. Um, some just gnarly body horror stuff, but also some interesting social commentary and some stuff that still feels eerily prescient. Uh, let's see. I s- finally saw Gremlins 2 for the first time. I had always heard the legends of all the weird things that are in that movie. but It is, yeah, it is you- batshit insane. You see it all the way through. It's 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 Looney Tunes, like literally Looney Tunes. Like they've got the sound effects and everything. It's it's fascinating. I mean, I can't. I have I have an issue because I hate spiders, but it is a it is. But a even so, wacky movie. So fun fact: my fiance hates spiders too, but she was okay with it in this film because the spider is specifically in a context where a cute creature sets it on fire. That does help. I still I think, don't like. I that think scene. that evens it out a little bit. Um, um, and then some other classics, you know, some I've seen before, like American Psycho, From Dust Till Dawn, Young Frankenstein. Um, I think I'm, I think I'm showing my girlfriend, uh, American Psycho is one of our horror movies this weekend. This week. Nice. Yeah. It's classic. I saw that one for killer soundtrack was the category, which it definitely applies. Oh, yeah. Does anyone else have a horror movie they would like to bring up before we get into a special horror edition of Arm and White Games? I saw Nightmare on Elm Street, the original. Mm. And um, it was. But have you seen the second one, which Miles and I watched once together? And <laughs> I, I have had not. Quite a conversation I, about. It had been a, a long, long time since I'd seen the original, and um, it, uh, it's still a good movie. It's all, I, 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 Halloween's not my favorite time of the year, so I'm not like clamoring for I'm, i usually no offense miles i wait for these 31 days to be over uh because like i get tired of all the horror movies and stuff it's just like i get it ryan's very easily we don't we don't dedicate other months to other genres of movies as we should but it's like i guess we're just going to dedicate this entire month to watching people get killed and stuff it's like cool i mean we, i mean we you can know. you want to try to make uh february uh rom-com month yeah that's too easy you know what I mean, well, no, no, different strokes for different folks. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think a, one of yeah. the things that I sort of find yeah, I mean, in the mood do, for horror, I guess, is what I get. I don't know what I'm saying. Well, but I think also there's the simplistic view of horror, which is just, it's just blood and guts and killing people. But what I like about doing sort of a project like this yeah, is like, that you see how much variety is yeah. in it and how much you can get out of movies that aren't just about killing. I look people. forward to the piece. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there'll probably be some things on there that I have never heard of and stuff. So, uh, but I usually don't watch them actually in the month of october i, I usually that's fair that's usually totally fair. after after everyone's done something like what you do that i'm like oh okay maybe i should watch that you know i mean fair enough uh terrence what, what i know you uh you like a very specific type of horror film it's very hard to sometimes pin which one will, <laughs> will work and which one won't 
you mean I'm not a fan of just slicing and dicing people left and right? Um, no. The only slicing and dicing like is on the Food Network. Uh, yeah. Which is... Uh, I'll recommend... He likes his slicing and dicing Julienne. After you've watched Dune <laughs> on HBO Max, scroll down a bit and watch all of the Poltergeist movies are on HBO Max right now. Mm. Um, I, was, I was expecting you to say Malignant for a second. Oh, Mal- well, Malignant's not available right now, but as soon yeah. as it comes it back, it just, y'all got to get on Malignant that. is wild. Uh, Man, but no, Poltergeist- I'm really surprised they didn't keep it for Halloween. Yeah, they don't. Well, because they've got the 31 day sort of yeah. thing. It'll rules come back as soon rules. as they can. Man, rules are rules. Fucking love Malignant. Like, can we get more so movies like good. that? Like, or just that like just movie. Movie. <laughs> insane movies? Fuck. Like, talk about a director being confident what they want to do. Yeah. Like, well, and it's funny because we were talking about Aquaman before. You can really tell Malignant is made by a guy that made a couple of killer horror franchises, then went and did Aquaman and a Fast and Furious movie, then came back to horror. Yeah. Like you it can, plays I, I, like I, exactly I, that mix of ingredients. To the point where if the uh, the drum playing uh, like octopus showed up in Malignant, you wouldn't have really batted an eye. It would be like I I guess they're friends. I kind of you know I mean? yeah. Like mm-hmm. he and he and Gabriel must have like uh, you know they took a trip once. Character of the I, year. I would watch that. Movie. Char- Gabriel, character of the year, hands down. Or char- character. No, yeah, I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve, how about you recommend something to get the taste of Halloween out of your mouth, and then uh, we'll hear what Armin White has to say. All right, I'm going to go to said 1978. No one, said no one ever, by the way. Uh, which may have been the same year as the original Halloween. Um, the 1978 version of the Invasion of the Body Snatchers. It has oh, been. Oh, that's so good. It's been a while since I've seen it, but that film freaked me out. There's a closing shot in it. It is spine chilling. It's it's oh, it, it's, it's just terrifying. Yes, but it's all overall the it's not slash and dash. So Ryan, you might want to jump into this, but it's got oh a great no, cast. I've seen it. It's great. Oh yeah. 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 Well, it's actually funny that you bring that one up because I saw it for the first time as part of last year's 31 Days, and it was one of my favorite discoveries of that sort of yeah. uh, chunk. It's so Ooh, good. Movie. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, that's good to hear because it's been a few years since I've seen it, and I was hoping it would hold up. I might have to revisit it this week and scare the shit out of myself. As you should. All right. Now, oh, yeah. popular contrarian, Armin White, yeah. has opinions. This They're guy. almost always terrible. This fucking guy. Now, we're going to do exclusively horror or horror-themed Not to be confused stuff, with so. his takes, which are already scary enough. Well, wait till you hear some of these takes, because I, uh, I have selected a few. Uh, they're also from at least a few years ago, okay. so they're not particularly recent. But they're not like a million years ago, but they're, they're at least three or four years, if not longer. So, here we go. And we'll go with the same order we've been doing. All right. Did Armin White like Cloverfield? Same order as always. Uh, I'm going to say no. I can't imagine found footage works for him. <sighs> if only that found footage was uploaded uploaded to like Fox News, then he'd love it. Um, uh, I'm going to say he didn't like it. Terrence? I'm going to say he did. Mm. I love that for you, Steve. Terrence. Steve? Yeah. <laughs> I'll say no. He did not like it. All right. Armin White says, it's the Cloverfield hype campaign 
Mm. Not the dissatisfying, unimpressive film itself that is the work of art. He did not like it. Mm. <laughs> okay. Mm. Yep. Did Armin White like The Happening? You know, you know what? I, I, I think maybe he did, because you have to be a very twisted kind of individual to think that's a good movie, outside of being ironically funny. Damn it. Yeah, I agree with Miles. I think he... That movie sucks. Um, but it's so crap bad. Such a piece of shit. Uh, but he that's the kind of shit that he would like. Also, too, there's got to be in that review him using like the really racist, dated version of Shyamalan's last name. You you know he does that at parties. Like, there's no way he doesn't yeah. get, get away with that at least once or twice when he's talking about old to people. Probably. Yeah. Terrence? Uh... I'm going to say he liked it. Steve? I'm going to say he did not like it. Oh. Oh. A better title for M. Night Shyamalan's The Happening would be Nonsense. It's like an amusement park ride that has no reason for being and no meaning besides visceral excitation. Only difference is that The Happening isn't fun. For the first time in our game, Steve is the only one who gets it right. Wow. <laughs> well, how about that? I've been wow. studying. Yeah. <laughs> did Armin White like the 2008 version of Death Race? Like a part of me thinks no, and another part of me thinks it was his favorite movie that year. I mean, think about who made it. Isn't that a W.S. Anderson movie? Yeah, but yeah. I don't know what he thinks about that. Probably thinks like that's the better P. That, he thinks that's the better of the Paul Anderson. Yeah. He would have been like, yeah, he would have been like, Death Race is better than Mad Max. Yeah, he, yeah, he'd be his... like, uh, like that. That if only strikes... Paul Thomas Anderson could have done this with There Will Be Blood. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. This strikes me as the movie he brings up. It's like this is so much better than X movie that was popular. Um, I'm gonna take another gamble. I'm gonna say he liked it. Shit, you're only taking all my gambles. Because I just, I really feel. Miles should never go first in this game. Um, We can share gambles. It's uh, all good. I'm going to go against it. I'm going to say he didn't like it. I don't know why. I'm probably wrong. I mean, because you've seen the movie, probably. Yeah, the movie's shit. But, like, you know. Oddly, 42% of Rotten Tomatoes. Weirdly enough, some some people, yeah. Yeah. Terrence? Uh, I think you liked it. Damn, Steve? Damn, it you liked it. There. Damn it, it should have gone down that route. Through B-movie audacity, Fuck. Statham and Anderson heighten Death Race into a skull crusher and a mind bender, but you'll need a keen movie sense to recognize their underappreciated talents. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it! Not only did he like it, he like got mad at you for not liking it fucking prick that's that's the most on-brand thing ever death race 2000 or the death race remake is a fucking like miles misunderstood had, that was my mistake miles made very great logic and you should never right. go against the logic when it comes to this psychopath did armin white like Coraline? <laughs> Coraline's amazing and beautiful so no he did not like it it's about a white girl so i would assume no so i'm gonna say no I'm going to say no as well. Yeah. Let's say no as well. An animated film that might be too good for children. 
Whoa. It arrives in time to expose the atrocious Wally. So he liked it, but he Whoa. also decided to shit on a better but movie. But he used it as an excuse to dig on Wally. Yeah. You son, son of a all bitch. all got that wrong. Oh, my God. Wow. Even when you agree with him, he finds something to say to, like, yeah. immediately turn you off again. It's like yeah. it's like when your parent tells you that, you know, you know, like gives you a backhanded compliment. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Don't know um, if you guys ever experienced that. Okay. Wonderful parents. So <laughs> I have, uh, did Armin White like the Twilight Saga New Moon? And just for argue, just for the fun of this, I'm looking at what's next to it. They're all movies he didn't like. He didn't like The Road. He didn't like The Princess and the Frog. He didn't like Broken Embla- Embraces. And he didn't like Bad Lieutenant Port of Call New Orleans. He was in a mood in 2009. He's always in a mood. Well, that's true. Well, the, way, new moon. the way you framed that makes me think this might be the exception. So I'm going to say he liked it. I feel like... He would like the Twilight series as a, like a response to like Harry Potter, you know, which he probably sure, like sure. hates. So I'm gonna say he liked it. This this is a good one. Mm-hmm. See why we play this game, Terrence? Because wow. New Moon is the second best That's... of that saga. Whoa. Okay. Okay. So I'm gonna. Say, I said second. That's not where I thought that train. No. Was. I I, well, I mean, that Eclipse, was Eclipse is the Eclipse is the best movie of the five. Um, okay. Mm. I don't know that I have a personal Twilight ranking, but go ahead. I'm sure. Ter- uh, yeah, Terrence, we'll talk about that later. I think he liked it. Okay, Steve. Eclipse is the third one. Yeah. New Moon's the second one. Okay. New Moon is number two. He Sorry. liked it. He liked it. You all think you like it. All right. Bella's confusion about the mystery of boys, adrenaline, Mm -hmm. and testosterone matches her confusion about her soul. (laughs) For whites, it's all just FX. He didn't like it. Oh. Wait, wait, what? What? Wait, what? See? Whoa. A patented arm and white turn. That was a left turn and a half. I'm telling you, he has the best pull quotes because they are a roller coaster ride of bullshit. Um, I just want to read you one. That sounded like it was gearing up to be like, this is like the masterpiece of the year that the Academy is going to ignore. It's like, (laughs) nut sucks. (laughs) Well, remember. I can't wait till a Spencer review where, you know, not since New Moon has Kristen Stewart been this drab. You know what I mean? So I just, this one's next to the one we're going to do. I just love that he never misses a chance to dig on another film. So, in his review of The Blind Side, which you'll be shocked to know he liked. No, that's not shocking. No. At all. But, where do you find it? Wait, wait, here's a guess. What movie did he dunk on in his pull quote for The Blind Side? Precious. Wow, he got it right. Um, (laughs) All Bullock's films promote an edifying sense of human experience. She has an instinct for what people like to see. And that gift makes the blind side the perfect God sent antidote to precious. Did they even come out the same year? They I did. I, they, I, they I, did. Yes, they, they did. did. But like did not close really? to each other. <laughs> no. Well, like um, precious came out before. Well, no, people saw blind. precious. Yeah. People saw precious at uh at Sundance. At Sundance. Back in January. Then yeah. it came out in November. I think the blind side also came out. I thought it was like yeah, December but I think release. Precious played, like, precious played MYFF, I think also probably in September. That's when remember. that's when he had access to things. You don't have yeah. that no more. Well, what do you guys think he thought of the box? Oh, 
Is that that uh, one thing from uh, the Donnie movie? That's the Richard Kelly one. Oh, the um, Donnie Darko guy, right? Okay. Rich, uh, Donnie Darko director tries and fails to do Twilight Zone. Mm. Um, yep. yeah, yeah, that movie sucks, so I'm going to say he liked it. This is, I mean, like, this movie is atrocious. Like, but is it so atrocious that he didn't like it? No. No, I'm going to say he liked it. Terrence? I think he liked it. Terrence, do you like the box? Not really. (laughs) For a moment, I was like, this could have been one of your movies. Terrence Um, was, like, really quiet there for a second, so it had me on edge. (laughs) Steve? I'll say you liked it. Wow, you guys are all in agreement. <clears throat> Kelly, king of dumbed-down nihilism, takes a short Twilight Zone TV episode, Button Button, and extends it unendurably. He didn't like it. Mm. Uh, well, the horror is making you guys... He, had, he, almost had the, <clears throat> he almost had a twist there bigger than the movie. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Did Armin White like Antichrist? Hmm. <sighs> Almost a complete 50-50 split on Rotten Tomatoes, by the way. 53%. Well, that's very believable. That, that's like, I think Lars von Trier like, personally pays critics to make sure he gets that 50% <laughs> every time. I have not received a check yet, though. Well, no, Melancholy is pretty high up there, isn't it? I think once that happened, he's like, oh, we can't have this anymore. Yeah, and then he did. It, well, well, then he... Melancholia, the film he made, is Nazi comics. Yep, that's exactly the point. So this is the best go. movie he's ever go. did. And then, like, bam, he'd said that about the Nazis or whatever, or Hitler. Kirsten, Kirsten um, Dunn's face in that press conference is priceless. <laughs> so yeah. good. What is happening? Oh my god! Oh my god! I don't <laughs> want to be anywhere else but here. I want to be making Spider-Man three again. Yeah, exactly. Um, fucking Antichrist. Um, I don't think he liked it. I think it probably went over his head. I think he like weirdly sadistically loved that movie because that movie is sadistic, just like him. I don't think he liked it. He liked it. Oh, we're a 50-50 split. Yeah. The quasi-religious title is misleading provocation. Antichrist is really anti-cinema. Bitch. Anti-cinema. Did Armin White like Jennifer's body? No. Hmm. Sorry. No, it's about young people. (laughs) Terrence, like, I'm just going to jump the gun here and say no. No, feel free to jump the gun if you want. (laughs) Yeah, no. I have to say no. It's Diablo Cody and it's about women. There's no way he'd like it. No. Jesus Christ, this poll quote. Vanessa Hudgens. What? And Allison. Wait. Yeah, no, 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 no. Let me go. And Allison McCulka, Macholka played more complex and affecting versions of these roles in Band Slam, and <laughs> neither was embarrassed with the name Needy. So yes, he made his Jennifer's body review about how Band Slam was better. What the fuck is Band Slam? Band well, Slam, it's I a think... day you're going to be adding to oh, your 31 days of horror. I do, I do believe Band Slam has the record for one of the lowest opening weekends in history for a watch release. I thought he was at least going to go like High School Musical or something tacky, but like, no. F- Did Armin White like Resident Evil Afterlife? Well, we know he likes Paul W.S. Anderson. <laughs> so, yes. I don't know if he did that one, but it's that vibe. Which movie was it again? I'm sorry. The 
the fourth one? Resident Evil Afterlife. The fourth one. The fact that you know as, that as if it matters. The, the yeah. fact that you know that that's the fourth one. Um, good for you. Um, I'm gonna say he liked it, just because I feel like he likes that fucking franchise. I think he liked it. It's also one of those PSA Anderson bullshit movies too. Yeah, Steve. All right, I'll say he doesn't like it. Um, <clears throat> this is a famous one. He does like it. I'm just spoiling it. Son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. Just, just wait. If critics and fanboys weren't suckers for simplistic nihilism and high-pressure marketing, Afterlife would be universally acclaimed as a visionary feat. Just wait. Superior to Inception and Avatar on every level. Get the fuck out of here. This, okay, this is the first one where I'm like, I'm going to hunt down that actual review because I want to read the whole thing. That is like... I, I ain't giving him the The clicks. most distilled Armin Whiteism I've ever heard. I'm giving him the clicks. Did Armin White... Like is there a way jo- to torrent a review? <laughs> <laughs> Did Armin White like Jonah Hex? It's hard for me to imagine anyone liking Jonah Hex, which conversely means maybe. Including Josh Brolin? Especially Josh Brolin. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say yes. This is tough. This one's, this one's tough. It hurts your heart to think he might have liked it. Um, go to Terrence. I gotta think about this one. Uh, I think he probably liked it. Steve? I'm saying he did not like it. It's Jonah Hex. Ryan? And for that reason that Steve just made, I think he liked it. It re-examines assumptions of good and evil morality tale versus trite entertainment by confronting the hideous compromises people make with social conventions and their own desperation. I guess he liked it. I, I also don't think he watched it. I think he just came up with a sentence. That's that's that sounds like somebody else explained to him the plot really poorly, and he just reviewed that. Yep. Did Armin White like Splice? Is that that Adrian Brody? They make a <sighs> yeah, the one where the thing. one where he has sex with is like White. Yeah. Oh, Terrence, you all right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, fell out of his chair remembering Splice. No, I just leaned. <laughs> It just leaned back. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I think he I think he didn't like it. Miles, uh, I'm gonna say he did not like it. Terrence, I kind of think he probably loved it. <laughs> Do you like it, Terrence? Steve, no, I don't. Okay, I don't think he loved I it, actually, but, but I think he liked it. I actually do like this movie. Um, Armin White, however, let's see. Director Vincenzo Natale, working with producer Guillermo del Toro, achieves a second-rate Canadian tone that recalls Gothica and David Cronenberg's early outrages. He didn't like it, even though he oddly... I, I It almost sounded like, once again, a backhanded compliment. Yep. Did Armin White like the remake of The Crazies? You'd be crazy not to. It is 70% on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, in that case, I'm going to say he did not like it. <laughs> um, no, because he doesn't like 
like remakes and new things. So I'm sure he'd also try to compare it to some other horror great movie that came out at the same time. God, God. He does, just, in fact, compare the movie to something else. God, he's just a worst. That's his, that's his thing that drives me nuts is that he, it's the cheapest way to sort of, you know, review things, to just compare it to something that you think is better. Therefore, that's why it's inferior. Is better and, than list. I hate those things. It's yeah. like, so what are, what are we doing? No, I, I, what we he think? didn't like it. All right, Steve and Terrence. I don't think he liked it. Uh, he liked it. Only only Steve said he liked it. Yes. All right. So th- I'm not picking up this review in the middle of a sentence. By the way. True. Director Eisner's reboot of Romero's 1973 original has absolutely no political resonance. But it's better that way. He liked it. What? 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 Woo! Yeah. I'm back. Wow. Well, there you go. Steve, you're on fire this one. Did Armin White like the remake of The Wolfman? Oh, God. Which we just find out is finally going forward tonight and has a phenomenal combination of Derek C. and France and Ryan Gosling. I thought that was supposed to be the guy that did Invisible Man. It was supposed to be. It, uh, it was originally Lee Winnell, but it, yeah, it was always Ryan Gosling, but now he's been repl- uh, the director's now. I would have been much more interested with Lee Winnell. I, I mean, I, I think he's a good horror filmmaker, but I think he also was maybe like, I don't want to repeat myself with like the modern update. That's fair, but also De- I can see Derek DM Fran- France is like, seriously, that movie is going to be the most depressing werewolf movie you've ever seen in your I life. I mean, it's about, I mean, it's going to be about like modern cable news. Of course, it's going to be depressing. Gonna, God, it's going to be terrible. Are you serious? Yeah, he's yeah. he's not a genre guy. I'm a little apprehensive about we'll that, see. to be honest. God, that, that thing that Mark Ruffalo did a couple of like, like two years ago or whatever, that television Last show. Year. My God, one of the most depressing things. It was I've great, ever but it was depressing. Yeah. All right. Jesus speaking Christ. of depressing, the uh, it's a werewolf wolf man. with oh, the yeah. wolf man. Yeah. The, um, it was Del Toro? largely, largely it was, maligned. Yeah. I'm going to say he liked it. Is that Emily? That Blunt? was Del Toro, Emily Blunt, Anthony Hopkins, Pins- Joe Johnson took over from Mark Romanek. Oh my God! Wow. What a- Notably, when it was nominated for makeup at the That's Oscars, right. the response was gross. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Now. I will de- I will defend that nomination. It's no, a good no, it's a good was nomination. It, was, yeah. it, was it was it Kate Blanchett, I think it was, when she introduced the category after the like the like makeup like the package, she just went gross. Um <laughs> Isn't that Rick Baker? It is Rick yeah. Baker. Yeah. We just talked about it on the yeah. recalibration last week. Fucking course yeah. it is. <clears throat> um what a master of the craft. Um I'm gonna say you liked it. Alright. Terrence? Uh, I don't think he liked it. Steve? He liked it. By pandering to the Avatar markets, the based taste and indifference to storytelling details, this technically polished, emotionally crude remake sets back the advances that once had been made in horror movies. Mm. So so he loved it. So now we know if it's even vaguely tangentially related to Avatar in any way, he won't like it. At least we can agree on that. Did Armin White like Black Swan, winner of at least one Academy Award? (laughs) There's no way he liked Black Swan. Yeah, no. I think he even... (laughs) Wait, I don't want to say something, but go. Keep going. Okay, who else? Does everyone say no or does someone say yes? I'd say no. I'll say no. I think he commits a hate crime in this this review, actually. I mean, most most of his reviews are. (laughs) Okay. Aronofsky's ethnic denial... 
and escape into Nina's psychological trauma actually trivializes her artistic pursuit. Turning art into genre movie silliness is a careerist dance. Like, did he just do, like, an anti-Jew thing in the first sentence? Like, out of nowhere? And, Eth- like, ethnic Eth- I don't denial? even know what he could... What could he be referring to? Wait, I don't say, understand. Do it one more t- say it one more time. Aronofsky's ethnic denial and escape into Nina's psychological trauma actually trivializes her artistic pursuit. It makes no sense. It's not a. It's Ethnic he's not denial. speaking English. What? I'm, I'm I'm racking my brain on that movie, and I can't think of a single thing he could be referring to. I mean, even like even through his own twisted logic, I still can't find out how he look, gets there, there. Look, that movie hasn't aged well for me, but it has none of what he's talking about. Nope. Speaking of, did Herman White like the Neon Demon? A review he wrote, mind you, for Out Magazine. Wait, say that again? Did Armin White like the Neon Demon? And just interestingly, it's not a national review review. It's a it's for Out Magazine, which Oh, interesting. I, why they why they want his reviews is another story. Well, it's cuz he's yeah, What's, part what's of the, the tomato meter community. on Neon Demon? 59%, just shy of fresh. Yeah, cuz that's one of those refin ones where people are pretty divided on it. Um I'm going to say he liked it. All right. I think he liked it. That movie is terrible, so I think he liked it. <laughs> I'm going to buck the trend and say he did not I just like, like that Terrence was muted and then he comes in with that. That's, yep. that's great. That's, that's the Terrence secret weapon. I love the it. The Neon Demon cheapens fashion and femininity. He didn't like it. Steve was the only one to get it right. Thank you. Is Steve, like, leading... I think Steve is winning. We're not keeping score tonight. It doesn't count. Oh, I am. Well, well, it's it's all you got. So now we're not keeping score. Come on. All right, we have three more. Jeez, three more. Man, we've been going at this for a while. Okay. Well, we'll do one more then, if you want. Yeah, it's getting low. All right. All right. Last one. Did Armin White like Alien Covenant? Uh, I'm gonna say he did. Because he's he's. Fuck that movie. So, yeah. It's so bad, but I think parts of the reasons that are bad are the kind of things he, that are, like, triggers for him. I'm going to say he did not like it. Ooh. Uh, I think he liked it. Hmm. I'm going to say it's watchably bad, and he liked it. Ridley Scott has ruined the Alien franchise. Oh, there we go. I mean, that's not. I mean, he's not wrong. wrong. This might be. He's not wrong. It's his most <laughs> rational take ever. Man. But yes, I do believe Steve won. It's also the most slam dunk take you can make. Oh no, he he in no way is making any original comment. But yeah. you know, um, it's so, one of those where it's one it's, of those. It's more where... of an achievement that he got it right. <laughs> Well, yes, it's it, yeah, it's every, one of those where you agree with him, and then you start thinking, "Oh God, yeah, fuck, maybe I like Alien Covenant." You're like, "Wait, <laughs> yeah. no, no, no! It has to be a stop clock situation. It has to be a stop clock situation." Yeah. All right, wrap up by saying where you can be followed, Terrence. Promote whatever you want when you get it to you, and tell everyone your Halloween costume, Miles. Uh, you can find me on both Twitter and Letterboxd at Miles on Film. That's M Y L E S on Film. 
Please check out my short films American Exorcist and Once Upon a Dracula. They are both on YouTube under Aftershock Pictures and Chase Capo, respectively. And uh, this year for Halloween, uh, my fiancé and I are going as Walter White and Jesse Pinkman from Breaking Bad. Cool. Ryan. You can follow me on Twitter at RyanMcQuaid77 or right here. Um, Concession Film, Awards Watch, other places. Um, You can check out my other podcasts that I do over at Session Film, or you can also check out my other podcasts other podcast that i do which is uh, at busting the block on twitter and uh never heard of it and we we started to come back to doing episodes now uh because uh, we're both me and kevin are back from all the film festivals and stuff and uh we're gonna have uh, mitchell beaupre who everyone knows here uh on the show on for the next episode we're gonna be talking about van helsing which yeah. oh, I know came, came about during an about episode that. of this. Yeah. And so um that Mitch that demanded it in fact. That, yeah, that'll be a, a interesting episode. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Uh and uh what my Halloween costume? Um yeah, I oh, don't James Cameron. I hell no. Fuck that guy. Um Hey James Cameron, you all know that. Well, if you want to go something scary. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll go as one of Armand White's uh, you know, blurbs there, I guess. Um yeah. no, I I I'm just gonna go as a uh to my couch because I'll be watching uh Curmudgeon. I'll be watching the Cowboys at that time. So you, you know, so I won't and I'll He's... be passing out candy in between, you know. Hopefully, Darren is going as a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. Yeah, no, I'm just going to go probably as a sad fan wow. of the last 25, 30 years. So. <laughs> Steve Purd, <laughs> uh, Terrence, you're up. And Terrence, by the way, makes amazing costumes for cosplay events. Like truly <laughs> talented. Oh, thank you. Um, I you can find me at lenoirto.net, l-e-n-o-i-r-a-u-t-e-u-r.net. I'm also on Twitter at at Terrence B. Johnson, and my name is spelled Terrence. That's one R. One R, no A. Um, And I'm going to be Orville Peck this year for Halloween, who is a country music star who wears, like, fringed masks. And I was like, oh, this is great, because if I go to do anything in Halloween, I could put a mask underneath the mask. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, oh, that's clever and nobody will be the wiser uh but i'm probably just gonna have just a hangout at my house uh, for halloween nice. so steve steve has children so i'm sure he's not going as some like hell demon no he's gonna go no, as no, not this year yeah. uh you can find me on twitter at uh film stork on letterboxd at film stork as well uh you can also listen to my other podcast the verse where we uh, just recently covered no time to die and bid a bond farewell to mr daniel craig and we'll be covering dune this week i see what you did there yes yes it was actually one of my writers um but uh <laughs> if you want to know what i'm dressing as this year it's a costume uh, I've, I've done it several times it's very successful it's called man in pants and shirt uh <laughs> and it should be pretty good this year i'm going all out Sounds very esoteric. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I hope I can pull it off. Oh, boy. Uh, you can follow me at Joey Maggotson, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, all that jazz. Um, you can follow Ward's Raider on almost all the same things. I actually have two costumes this year after not having a costume for like a decade. Um, I, am, uh, I have a couple's costume, which I'm getting a chill just saying that. 
But uh, my, my girlfriend and her dog and I have the same costume for a uh, dog parade thing in Brooklyn on Saturday. We were all Ghostbusters. Okay. So I, uh, I listen, I got to... I got to buy like a PKE Raider and like a trap, so I was happy about that. Are, you, are you going as any Ghostbuster in particular? Or just... Oh, I, I have. Yeah, they they each have the sticker. I I've claimed Vankman because let's be real. Sure, <laughs> that's that's my vibe. Is talking shit about the whole event. Um, we just watched it and like, she just stared at me when he's like, "You think of this as some sort of like carnival game or oh like uh, gotcha thing?" She's like, just turned to me and was like, "That's everything to you." I was like, "Not untrue." Um, and then on Sunday, my original costume that I got like months ago is I am going as Cliff Booth. I have the, uh, Hawaiian shirt, the shirt, uh, Hawaiian shirt, the t-shirt and the sunglasses. So I probably have to shave, but you better be, be high on, you better be high on drugs while you do it. I mean, mm-hmm. that can be achieved. There you go. And then, uh, shortly after that, I'll be at, uh, Miles's wedding where I've been instructed not to dress as either of those things. If, if you don't mind. It is literally in his email to us, and I feel like it was written to me because I made that joke. The funny thing is, you're like the fifth person who's reached out and like, was that directed to me? So I'm glad I sent it now. Mission accomplished. All right. Thank you, everyone. Enjoy your Halloween. Be safe. And uh, please get your booster shot when it's time. uh, I'm enjoying this, like, magnetism that I currently have. So the spoon just showed up right here. It's great. But in all seriousness, like, get it. I'd like to, like be outdoors with people again and indoors with people so until next week be safe enjoy your halloween and don't eat too much candy thank you terrence hopefully you'll come back (laughs) and we will uh safely see you at the movies (laughs) sorry hairball stay spooky stay safe thanks for listening be sure to subscribe and to visit awardsradar.com for the best in awards and entertainment content